How's it going, everyone? This is Garrett Corpenning for Locked On Clippers, the official LA Clippers podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. In addition to this show, I also cover the team for Clipperholics, a fan site that's one and only Clippers blog. And you can also find me on Twitter at GA Corpenning. That's G A C H O R P E N N I N G. Feel free to send me questions there as well as comments and anything else you feel relates to LA Clippers basketball. So, welcome back to the show, guys. It is Tuesday, May 22nd. Uh, we have another great episode lined up for you today with some pretty interesting topics and uh, some takes that you're going to want to miss out on. So to get things started here, I'll be talking about uh, whether or not the Clippers should pursue Carl Anthony Towns this summer, as well as another few top trade targets. Uh, after that, I'll be talking about the most ideal free agent and NBA draft scenario for this summer. And uh, because of that, I'll be bumping into the flashback segment to make room. And to close today's show, I'll update you on the NBA playoffs and talk about some of the top headlines from yesterday and today. So, to get right into things, uh, in case you haven't heard about this already, Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves are having some issues lately. Uh, NBA insider Zach Lowe reported on his latest podcast that the Wolves organization is not getting along very well with Towns and that he may very well be traded this summer. Uh, and to fuel those rumors, Suns guard Devin Booker tweeted a picture of Towns wearing a Suns jersey a couple days ago. Uh, as, as along with a thinking emoji, um, so to make people wonder, hey, is this going to happen? Could this be a possibility? And uh, in addition to that, the Suns have also made the top overall pick available for trade, which makes everyone wonder, including myself, if they will attempt to trade for Towns. Um, so I'm asking myself now, should the Clippers also try to make a push for Towns as well? And my answer to that is yes. Uh, I do think that pursuing Towns would be a good idea and probably should do it as well, uh, in my opinion. Tom Thibodeau seems to like really non-versatile uh, old-school players in his team for whatever reason, and uh, Towns doesn't fit that mold. So the Clippers could offer DeAndre Jordan and both of their lottery picks to try to acquire Towns if they don't trade up. Uh, there will likely be a better offers on the table, but the Clippers, I think, should absolutely get this on the table. Uh, Towns, I believe, is an excellent center on the offensive side of the floor. And while his defense does really need a lot of help, uh, he is far more valuable than DeAndre Jordan. Towns just recently finished up his third NBA season in which he played all 82 games for the third straight time. So in his three-year career, Towns has not missed a single NBA game. Uh, Towns also averaged a little over 21 points per game this season and nearly 10 rebounds a game uh, while shooting 42% from three-point range, albeit on a low number of attempts. That's still a pretty high rate. Uh, Towns also took uh, a lot less shots per game this season and averaged only a few points um, less than his past seasons, and that's due to uh, the addition of Jay Butler on that team, and uh, that ball being worked on a lot more often than it was before. Uh, the Timberwolves barely or barely made the playoffs this season, I should say. Uh, lost to the Rockets in the first round, uh, and, and Towns didn't look all that impressive in that series, probably from that tight defense from Clint Capella. So there's no telling what the, the uh, Timberwolves are really upset about uh, with Towns. However, it could be uh, pinned on that series or something uh, along those lines as well, uh, you know, but Towns, if he's available, should Clippers pursue him? Absolutely. Um, you know, definitely an upgrade of what we have right now. And, uh, you know, being that he was just the first overall pick in the draft just three years ago, um, you know, plenty of value, plenty of age, and plenty of uh, upside to Towns. So, if they can do it, absolutely. Moving on now, my next uh, trade target is Kemba Walker uh, from the Charlotte Hornets. And to that, I also say yes. Uh, he's always been available, it seems like, and the Hornets have done a bad job of hiding that. 
and he's been actively made available around the trade deadline several times, including this past season, and I do believe he could be a, tra a top trade target again this summer. Uh, Clippers could move one of the lottery picks to Charlotte, as well as a few guards, perhaps Avery Bradley and Patrick Beverly, uh, to get Walker on the team, who has long been an all-star snub down there in Charlotte. And I think, you know, with his particular playmaking ability, uh, he could be the offensive-minded point guard that the Clippers need on the team right now. Uh, Walker had another productive season down there in Charlotte. Um, you know, team underwhelmed a little bit, but when you have a roster comprised of Dwight Howard and Nick Batum and, and Marvin Williams, you know, those guys are in your starting lineup, uh, you're not going to achieve much, uh, especially even in the even in the Eastern Conference. So uh, Walker might need a new, um, a new location to play in, uh, and I think L.A. could be a good fit for him, and he could probably um, do do the most that he could do uh, with, with Clippers next season. So, so I do believe he'd be a good target there. Uh, I, I do think he'd be able to amount to quite a bit in L.A. Uh, with a new roster rotation there and a new head coach. Um, and I do think that you know he's even he's he's not the best defensive player, uh, but under a uh, you know defensive assistant kind of coach and a defensive, um, more defensive coach like Doc Rivers, uh, Walker could certainly blossom into a uh, more stout defender and uh, complete, so to speak, that starting lineup and have a more uh, formidable um, point guard there at the helm rather than Patrick Beverly. I'm not saying Beverly's a bad player. Beverly is, is one of the best, if not the best, defensive point guards in the NBA, but you're going to need someone a little more offensively efficient than, than Beverly and even Teodosic to run the point. Uh, if you want a complete team that can contend for a title uh, in a matter of years. So Walker would be a good fit there. I do think he'd be a lot more um, suited for a Clippers kind of team than he would in Charlotte. Um, but there will be other offers for him this summer as well, like Towns. Um, I believe the Pacers are one of the teams that could be uh, one of the top teams to land Walker. So at this point, his future is unknown. But don't be surprised if Walker ends up moving this summer. Uh, moving on now to my third trade target is Kawhi Leonard of the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm finally going to say the Clippers should stop pursuing Leonard and give this one a no. Uh, he's been on radars of Clippers fans for quite a while now, uh, but with recent news, it seems like the idea of Leonard to Los Angeles will not become a reality, at least not to the Clippers. Uh, the Spurs only want huge offers for Leonard, uh, quoted Grand Slam offers, and Clippers seem to have their priorities elsewhere, like on the draft and on Michael Porter Jr., uh, in addition to that, other teams like the Boston Celtics, the Lakers, uh, the 76ers, for example, all those teams could offer quite a bit more than the Clippers could in terms of draft picks and uh, future players and players of the future, for that matter. So uh, I do think those teams are better suited to make those offers. The Clippers should consider themselves at this point out of the running for Leonard. Uh, probably just can't make up the amount of ground they need to uh, get a guy like that on the, on the roster. So at this point, I do not think Kawhi Leonard comes to the team. Uh, you know, with more developments, we can see what happens there. Uh, but as it stands right now, and I think, you know, looking forward, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's time to wrap up uh, the Leonard hunt and uh, pursue other opportunities uh, in the league. So moving on now to my fourth trade target is Hassan Whiteside, center from Miami Heat. And I also would have to say no to Whiteside uh, in terms of acquiring him. So he's, he's a bit of an enigma, I would say. Uh, he broke onto the scene a few years back in Miami uh, as an incredible defensive player. Uh, went for double-doubles almost every night. Averaged, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of three blocks per game. And while he's remained a good player since then, he hasn't really stayed consistent. Uh, his numbers are all down since then, and there's questions about his level of effort and his character. 
And his offensive game as well is reminiscent of DeAndre Jordan's, if not a little bit worse. So, you know, the kind of offensive player you're getting from Whiteside and defensive player there isn't really much of an upgrade or a downgrade from DeAndre Jordan. Um, and that's just his play. In terms of his effort and his character, that is also, you know, some questions there. Uh, we did see the Miami and Philadelphia series in the first round of the NBA playoffs this year uh, where Whiteside just kind of didn't show up against Joel Embiid, and it seemed like Embiid really got in his head. So the effort there is, is really in question from Whiteside, and that's not something you want to have to question when you're willing to trade up, when you're willing to give up a lot of assets to get someone like that. So I think the team would be better off trading for Towns if they could. Uh, otherwise, you know, picking a guy late in the draft in the second round if you want to buy into that. Uh, I think would be a solid option, as well as holding on to those two picks and drafting a center there uh, in Robert Williams uh, or other players that are still available at that point. And then lastly, the last trade target I think that could be available could be a solid fit uh, is DeMar DeRozan for the Toronto Raptors, and I still will say no to him uh, for a few reasons here. Uh, So like I said, he might be a good fit with the team, he might fit in well, and he's a solid defender, but I think given his massive contract and overall inability to be an efficient shooter, uh, the Clippers should not waste their time of pursuing him. Uh, you know, DeRozan, not a three-point shooter by any means. Um, not a fantastic scorer, especially in the playoffs that we saw just recently there against Cleveland. Um, so I don't think DeRozan, for, you know, for the money, for the player he is, is worth uh, trading a lot for. Uh, instead, I think the Clippers could could draft two um, two guards there in the first in the first round and a lottery if they don't trade up or focus on developing those they already have now. Uh, like Austin Rivers and C.J. Williams. So that's all I have in terms of trade uh, trade targets there. Please let me know if, if there are any targets that you think would be a good fit for the teams you uh, go after and, and, and pursue, uh, or if you feel like the asking price may be too high for the players that I mentioned, or if any of the targets that I mentioned you would like to see and think are worth it. Uh, but, you know, send me those on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm moving on now from that segment to my next segment, where I will describe my most ideal off-season scenario for this summer. If your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Clippers is listened to by 98% men, and 80% of those men between the ages of 18 and 44. If that speaks to you and that's a fan base you'd like to advertise to, shoot me a message over at zcorpenningoutlook.com. That's G-C-H-O-R-P-E-N-N-I-N-G at Outlook.com to get things started. So coming up, I'll be addressing some news around the league. Uh, but first, I would like to give some insight on my ideal off-season scenario. Uh, so it's going to be a busy off-season this summer, uh, not just for the Clippers, but around the league. Uh, a lot of potential trades that could happen, a lot of pretty crazy free agency stuff, including uh, LeBron James. May, he might not re-sign in Cleveland. He might go somewhere else, and uh, right now likely will. Uh, so certainly a lot of, of um, potential for chaos this summer, and the Clippers you know, could you know, be a factor in that as well. Uh, with the players they draft, the players they sign in free agency, make a trade for, whatever. Um, so I do think that it could be a crazy summer, uh, and I do think that it's easy to um, overvalue your own players and overvalue um, you know, what could happen for the team. So I do think that finding a balance between an ideal scenario and, and realistic scenario is pretty difficult, especially when you know waiters are involved in that sort of thing as well. But Based on what could happen this summer and based on what's expected to happen this summer, I think I've put together a pretty solid scenario for this summer that could bring the Clippers back to contention status uh, in in a matter of years. So first and foremost is the NBA draft on June 21st. That is the first order of business right now. And being that it is the nearest event, I do think the team needs to focus 
all of their attention on it right now. And free time, the only free time you get should be, um, you know, focusing on the assistant coaching search um, that, you know, is ongoing now since Mike Woodson's gone. And I do think that in terms of that coaching search, I do think that Jerry Stackhouse or Frank Vogel would be my top two candidates to fill that position. I talked about that a few, uh, I talked about that on Friday, I believe. And uh, since then, I've narrowed it down to my top two candidates, and that is Stackhouse and Vogel, uh, both top defensive minds, and uh, both would be good fits, I think, behind Rivers and that coaching staff. Um, so interviews will be conducted soon, I believe. Um, but for now, again, the main focus goes to the draft. Uh, in terms of the draft, I do think that trading up is more ideal than staying put. Uh, you know, yes, two players is better than one. Uh, but, you know, when that one is Michael Porter Jr. and has all-star potential, uh, you know, potential superstar there, I think you have to take that risk, especially if you're looking to be a contender again uh, in the near future. Uh, so I think, you know, building around a potential superstar in Porter is very much ideal and very plausible. Um, you know, you do want to take the best player available if you can. And if that does mean trading away two potential uh, starting rotation kind of players to, or to in order to get someone that could be a superstar in this league, I think you have to do it if you want to take that risk and, and you know, put yourself in contention for a, uh, another playoff spot here very soon. Um, so then after the draft, I do think the next step there is free agency. And I think first and foremost, uh, the most concerning thing to me is not DeAndre Jordan or Avery Bradley or Austin Rivers, any of those free agents there. I think the most pressing thing is making room to re-sign Montrez Harrell. Uh, he is a restricted free agent after this season, and I do think that based on the impact he had this past season and uh, the the um, you know production he put out uh, last season with the Clippers, I do think that he uh, is a, a viable piece of the team. Um, and I think DeAndre Jordan factors in too. I think if he goes elsewhere, uh, you're going to want to have someone like Harold on the team that can play uh, you know those, those big minutes for you, um, especially with with him being um, you know one of the more efficient guys in the roster. Uh, so I do think making room to sign Harrell is, is, is necessary. And I think that to do that, you have to hope that either Avery Bradley or Austin Rivers or DeAndre Jordan uh, declines their player option, giving the team room not only to sign him, but other free agents as well. And I do want to mention, too, that Austin Rivers and Avery Bradley uh, make less combined money than DeAndre Jordan. So Jordan might be the most ideal player to uh, you know let walk there or let go, considering the salary portion of it. But also considering the uh, log gem the team has in the backcourt with all the guards there, um, you know, letting one of those two guys go as well might be a great, um, you know, scenario for the team. And that is ideal, like I was talking about with this whole scenario here. Um, but it is important to mention that Bradley, Rivers, and Jordan all have player options. Um, so what the team does with those guys isn't really their choice. It is up to the players to decide whether they want to be there or not or pursue free agency or not. So at this point, we can only hope we can't decide. We can't say, hey, uh, Clippers, you guys should deny this guy's play option right now and let him and have him walk because that's not their place to decide that. Moving on from that, I do think you have to find a way to move Danilo Gallinari's contract uh, and sell low if you have to because Gallo is eating up loads of space. Um, he has $65 million guaranteed, but I believe only $48 million of that is guaranteed now since he made 17 of that last season. Uh, but he's eating up loads of space. And trading him would most likely create a lot of cap room if the picks and players are worth less money than his contract, and you know the team that receives him uh, can handle that kind of contract on their on their on their uh, payroll and still have money left over. Um, but finding a team to take him will be very difficult. Uh, I do think it can be done because several teams do have a need for for a player uh, with his skill set. You know, a long big that spaces the floor and shoots three pretty efficiently. 
and the money to pay for it as well. Um, so I do think that Gallinari uh, would be a good fit on other teams in the NBA right now. Uh, other teams would certainly be willing to accept that contract if they have the, the means to. Um, so potential suitors, I'm not really sure about. Uh, I've taken a look at, at um, other, you know, projected cap room this summer for other teams, and, and a lot of teams do have the ability to sign someone like Gallinari. Uh, however, in terms of fit, in terms of, of their own future plans, I can't really speak on that. Uh, but I do think that if Clippers are serious about uh, making some big moves this season, or this offseason, uh, Gallinari should be one of the first ones to go in order to make room for that kind of thing to happen. Um, and then I also think that picking up a center to replace DeAndre Jordan uh, via the draft or free agency is, is very essential and uh, is, is ideal and also realistic if we're talking about that as well. Uh, you know, it's a very deep class for bigs, this, this draft class, and I do think that there are several quality guys pushed to go in the second round that could spend a good amount of time in the NBA. And uh, I'd, like I mentioned earlier, if the team does uh, sign Harrell, he could play some minutes there as well. Um, but a few second-round guys that I'm fond of include Brandon McCoy and uh, Chemezi Metu. Uh, either one of those guys could play meaningful minutes and are projected to go in the second round. Uh, and if Bomber wants to buy a pick, I think it should be used on those guys if DJ is gone and they trade up for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and then if Bradley or Rivers walks, I would say to keep the one who doesn't, obviously, and start him alongside uh, Beverly at the two-guard and then go with Porter, Harris, and Metu uh, McCoy or Harrell at center. Uh, that could be a formidable lineup for now, uh, and will you know lead some developing, lead some fixing to the line. Um, but I think for now it'd be a good place to start, uh, a good place to develop, and a good place to start off with um, some pretty young and uh, promising talent. So I think all things considered, that is my most ideal scenario. Uh, Kai on Twitter, I hope I answered your question. I hope that was a good answer for you. Um, I'd like more time to consider that. I would think I would like to also you know factor in some things once they're more certain because. With the way things are going to go this summer and with the way that things are on the team right now, I think that the direction of the team, for one thing, is uncertain. And because of the amount of players that haven't uh, made a decision on their contracts yet, it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. And, um, you know, imagine an ideal scenario when so much is unknown at this point. Um, so this, this is something I'll touch on again um, once, you know, it, a lot of it is more set in stone. Uh, once we know for sure where the team will trade up or, you know, we'll stay where they are, uh, whether we know which players will, you know, resign, which players will not. Um, so I'll get back to this uh, in, in a few weeks probably, but I do think that for now um, the things I mentioned are, are good, good solid options and could be, um, you know, pretty ideal this summer moving forward with the team and having that uh, kind of direction in the future with, you know, the idea of wanting to pursue a title in a matter of years. So uh, that's my take on that. And um, I will be moving on now to my final segment of the show, uh, which is the headlines um, from yesterday and today as well. So last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Boston Celtics 111-102. to uh, LeBron James became the all-time playoffs field goal leader in that game, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and recording 44 points to the series at two games apiece. Uh, the Cavs' supporting cast was, again, pretty solid, taking charge in the series, uh, and I'm looking forward it's looking like Cleveland has the Celtics figured out. Um, both teams, unsurprisingly, have, have won their own home games and lost the road games. Uh, both teams had pretty sloppy road records and pretty impressive uh, home records this year. So this kind of was to be expected. Uh, and, you know, home court in the playoffs especially is very important. So unless the Cavs can steal one on the road, I do think the, the Celtics win this series. But 
Uh, based on the last two games we've seen here and from the performances we've seen from LeBron and his teammates, I do think the Cavs have a really solid chance at pulling this series off and, and taking it um, in, in six or seven games. So uh, game five of that series is tomorrow at 5.30 Pacific time. Uh, my prediction for that one, I think the Cavs are going to win one on the road uh, and then go back to Cleveland in game six and take it and go to the finals for the fourth straight season now. Um, so moving on now to the second headline. Uh, the Spurs are going to offer Kawhi Leonard a Supermax contract uh, worth $219 million uh, in hopes to rekindle the love um, with Kawhi Leonard and keep him there in San Antonio. Uh, however, NBA insider Zach Lowe suggests the Spurs have a 25-30% chance of keeping Leonard with the organization. Uh, and I, I think that if he does decline, uh, the Spurs will just trade Leonard, but only for a grand slam offer like I mentioned earlier. And I do think the Celtics and the 76ers could be frontrunners to land so, guys, that will wrap up today's show. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in to Locked on Clippers. And I want to make an announcement. Uh, there will be no show tomorrow as I'll be traveling to Chicago for the day. So come back on Thursday where I'll be showcasing my favorite second-round prospects, talking about how this season could have ended up much differently, and continuing my coverage of the NBA playoffs. So, guys, thank you so much for listening today, Clipper Nation. Uh, once again, I'm Gary Corpenning, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find more from the Locked On Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and other online podcast platforms. And as always, I'll catch you guys on Thursday.